And you know what they say, white is right. to the Geek Save Games podcast. This is a level 45. Can Pokemon save the world? This is the super special northern edition of the Geekscape Games podcast. The two Arctic warriors themselves recording north of the 49th parallel. That's right. The crazy Canuck and the Alaskan asshole are rocking this two-player tonight. How are things going, Derek? Uh, things are going really well. I wouldn't call my... Um, I wouldn't call myself Arctic, though. It was like 25 degrees Celsius here today. So that's pretty Thanks. warm. Thanks for uh, making me look like 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 a prick. Thanks for embarrassing me in front of everybody. Don't you? Don't I think you? I mean, if I didn't embarrass you, it would just be moments until you embarrass <laughs> yourself anyway. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You're a prick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, uh, yeah, we're down a one, and uh, oh no, sorry, uh, my mic is really fucked up. I need to get a new one. Uh, we're down a one, and we're down to Josh. Josh um, is out amiibo hunting. He's got to go get some dark pits, and Juan is helping the wife. So um, I feel like he's a little bit of a slowpoke if he's hunting for dark pit right now. Like that was like, wasn't that at the? That was like July that dark dude, pit came out, and there's literally a new wave coming out tomorrow. Dude, I don't, I don't know when these including come out. Zero Suit Samus. So um, uh, there's about to be a new post on uh, coming on Amiibos. Absolutely from, from our OP here, Shane. Oh no, I'm gonna be using my throwaway, not not Shane O'Hare. <laughs> <laughs> that's the not Shane O'Hare. That's the throwaway. That's the throwaway. Yeah, yeah. I would. Um, it's. I mean, you you can't deny that it's not not you. Like I can deny it. Says no, it in name. Not Shane O'Hare. No, I used a double negative there. Yeah. So what Cannot. I said make, made sense. You you yeah. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is um appears to be like the week of destiny. Um, we have. The Destiny 2.0 patch, um, the live trailer that came out, and a lawsuit um, I, I actually, solution. I, I celebrated the uh, yesterday, today being September 10th. Yesterday was the official, it was the one year um, anniversary of the release of Destiny. Um, you know, and it, it, which, you know, a year ago, I waited until the midnight launch with a bunch of pals. Um, but yeah, yesterday I celebrated the, the, you know, the anniversary of the launch by not playing destiny <laughs> and playing uh, Metal Gear Solid. Actually, I don't think I turned my PlayStation on yesterday. Oh, Jesus, man. What's wrong with you? Well, like I, ha- oh, uh, yesterday being Thursday, you know, there was a lot of writing. There was the Apple event going on. Dude, yesterday was Wednesday. Yeah, no, that's what I said. So the Apple event and stuff was yesterday. <laughs> so I had a lot of writing to do. And just, you said yesterday being Thursday. Today, yes, today being Thursday, I think I said. Yesterday being Wednesday. No, you know, I'll go back. It's uh, we got the recording. We'll have to go back. Yeah, check we'll tape. figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll uh, check tape. You know, maybe if if I'm right, we should make a bet. Like if I'm right, you uh, you write uh, some, ar- <laughs> some articles. Uh, <laughs> I wrote three last night. I and when was the last time you wrote one before that? Last week. Last week. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Do you need me to take some of that work off your hands? Some of that, some of those posts. It sounds shut, like you're doing a lot. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Uh, but no, it was just a busy day yesterday. I'm tr- I'm starting to pack stuff up. Uh, I'm making the move from my small town in the middle of Canada to Vancouver, BC. So I'm packing up all my stuff because I'm actually um, I'm actually leaving on today being Thursday. I'm leaving <clears throat> on Saturday night. Um, so I'm, so two days away basically. So I'm gonna be on a friend's couch for the next couple of weeks. So I think I, I don't know that I'm going to make the podcast, um, but I'll see what I can do. 
and and uh yeah no i'm looking forward to it though yeah and if anyone uh, notices some audio quality differences we're testing on a new recording platform that um hopefully hopefully, hopefully this is the one yeah hopefully this is the one so that we can like like if this works out the way that we think it's going to work out show's going to be up tonight uh and hopefully that'll be a the norm i fucking hope is, so yeah yeah that's the biggest problem is our turnaround time uh so yeah destiny uh one year anniversary uh, i've had my uh destiny edition ps4 which i i gotta talk about i i knew i fucking that love that ps4 it is it is it it's is white. so it's so gorgeous and you know what they say white know, is right i don't know what they oh <laughs> i don't <laughs> think i've i don't think i think they like you, you said you know what they say i think you're the only person i've ever heard say that <laughs> i learned it from you yeah right <laughs> But um, I, I really want I really want the 20th anniversary PS4. But yeah, the 20th anniversary one was it well super gorgeous, but super limited. I, I knew I knew a guy in Anchorage um, that got one, but he really? sold it, he sold it for a lot of for money. fucking bank. Yeah, yeah. But I just found out like I knew that you could um, swap out the hard drives in the PS4, but I didn't know there was a migration feature. I, I thought you were just like like that was a you had to do that before you ever did anything on the ps4 um and if you wanted to upgrade your hard disks you were just your data was screwed so i didn't get around to it but like i i stumbled upon something and there's a built-in migration feature oh and yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing because i had to i had to delete um i had to delete a bunch of stuff oh um, every time i buy a new game it's like you can't put you can't fucking play this game until you delete some stuff and it's super annoying yeah so I'm, and it, I'm, it, do you have do you have like have you've run into that clearly because you're talking about getting a new drive yes right so do you i feel so every time so if i pop in a disc hit the go button and it's like oh you can't install this because you don't have enough space it gives you a link to go to the 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 storage management where you can delete stuff i delete the stuff go back to the home menu hit the button again and it's like you don't have enough space but at, at that point i clearly do have enough space it's like this weird bug and i have to eject the disc and put the disc back in to for and then it just starts installing automatically but even Weird. once i've cleared the space it still tells me i don't have enough space until i eject the disc i've never run into that issue no it just works for you i yeah i've, I've never run into that issue. i was just I curious had, as if, if i had to was. do i had to do it with the crew and i had to do it with um uh ground zeros or not ground zeros um phantom pain yeah and um uh fucking assassin's creed unity was 58 gigs Jesus. Well, that's because, you know, it was like four gigs for the game and, and uh, 54 for patches. Yeah. Yeah. And that game still isn't playable. Um, the but De- yeah, Destiny uh, just got like, wasn't the new to the 2.0 patch? Wasn't that like 17 gigs or something? Yeah. 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 Let's actually get into that. Um, Destiny 2.0 came out. Uh, it's not a sequel. Don't call it a sequel because they've been here for years or a year. Uh, <laughs> Even though Destiny 2 was supposed to launch this week in the original timeline. Exactly. Exactly. Um. There was um there what was there a like original like release um schedule was like game uh game comma and then like another game so there, we were supposed to have an, a new destiny like every two years because originally but, it was supposed to launch in September of 2013 right yeah, yeah and it was supposed to come out on the PC oh was it originally slated for PC mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those those sons of bitches yeah uh, which uh I um I don't know if I talked about this in the last episode or not but Hori. Um, makes a mouse and keyboard. Um, you did talk about it, yeah. Okay, I don't know if I talked about it on the, the after show or not, but anyway, yeah, um, so um, Corey makes a mouse and keyboard adapter that's coming out in October. I'm going to get it. I'm going to kill people in 
uh, Crucible. Uh, because I feel like how how well do you think that that will work? I I, I know that I've I've seen video because they, they've there's been KVMs or, or KBMs uh, adapters for yeah. other consoles. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I think I used I think I used one on the PS2 once. Unless and I just played a game that had mouse and keyboard support, because there was the occasional game that did. Final Fantasy XI did, I know for a fact. I think it was like, I'm pretty sure like Unreal Tournament or something did. Weird. Weird. Um, that's, where I, that's where I played Unreal Tournament. It was I had it on the PS2 <laughs> and the Dreamcast, because I didn't have a computer at the time that would run it. And, um, yeah, interesting. That's that's odd. Um, and that, um, when we get, when we get uh, If we talk about Doom, I, I wanted to bring up those uh, Twitch shooters, but Anyway, so yeah, uh, so Destiny 2.0 came out, um, shit ton of patches, uh, about 17 gigs, like you said, um, got a whole bunch of stuff. Um, they, they've released the, the uh, light and level modification where now you don't level up with light, everything is experience-based. And I, light- I, f- I feel like that's awesome because I feel like the light shit was stupid. It, it, I... I didn't mind it because it was a good, I thought it was a good way to grind for, um, it was a good way to grind for gear and not make it feel stale. But I, I um, feel like it was like, but I, I like, I feel like that just turned it into like grind for gear because we want you to grind for gear because there's not enough shit to do. Be, you know, like it was just, instead of just gaining levels, it was like, oh, now I like my gear that I have right now, but I can't have this gear anymore because I have to change my gear so I can get more levels and shit. Like, I, I just feel like it was a weird mechanic that, you know, cause once you're at the end of the game, like, you know, the end of the campaign or whatever, all two hours of it, it was like, uh, <laughs> um, it was, you know, you like at that point, you're pretty well set. You got, you know, I, you got like a sweet revolver and all this cool stuff. And then you got to change it because it's like based on what I unlock in these weird, like, you know, in the raids and all that sort of stuff. Well, they they did add a lot of like like um, the they added the ascension when um, House of Wolves came out, where you could uh, ascend everything to the like year two. So there was ways to level up your your stuff, but um, um, light now is um, is calculated a calculated average of your attack and defense from all your gear. And a lot of the weapons have been scaled down. Um, I, I, an analogy I heard on another podcast where they said it was kind of like when the peso was reevaluated. So it's like, hey, let's just make a thousand pesos, one peso. Um, so like a gun that was like in the 350s or the 370s is now in like the 150s, but it still does the same amount of damage. They just slid Be- the scale. Because, oh, why? What's the point of that? Um, I I don't know if there's actually been logic behind it. Um, they've just slid the scale because they're probably there's probably going to be guns like new guns that are going to be 350. And oh, so in, so instead of raising the scale, they just move you know change the way everything relates to each other, and so now they can introduce more powerful weapons. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Without without having like you know guns in the 900s. Yeah. Because that 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 knowing knowing how like weird Destiny is with a lot of things that I could see guns in the 900s causing apocalyptic game ending issues can you like chat yet uh no it's still like the 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 fire team chat and there's no like there's no like hey we're in this hub city let me talk to people that are close to me nope 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 i thought it was supposed to be like a social game yeah it it was it it was but i don't i don't know i it's fucking retarded it, it's so like i like i loved so many aspects of destiny but with for everything that i loved from it there was other stuff that i was like this is bullshit and stupid 
And, what's what's uh, its uh, ESRB rating? It's just teen. It's teen, so so it, you're not going to have to fall into the uh, uh, the United States like my online minor protect Pre- protection act, where like y- y- if you're if it's a game intended for people under 13, you have to have like lockdown mm. online a- uh, access. Real really, is that like a law? Yeah, it's a law. And actually, like um, I learned about it when um, the My Little Pony like um, <laughs> village building game, which is kind of yeah. like simpsons tapped out or like fallout you, shelter you tried to like say the f wording up banned or something no no basically you could just add friends um but then they they got they got sued game off got sued i don't know if they got sued or like the fcc was like yo you're breaking the law um because there had to be because it was a game intended for people under 13 and the the method of adding friends and you never chatted with each other um like at all ever but the the method for adding friends was um was like like broke the law in really? regards to like um so now now they added it back but you have to like trade friend codes. Um, so is that why a lot of like the Nintendo games that have online are so locked down? Yeah, yeah. Because they're I, all I mean all they're most of the Nintendo stuff is all in in the E range for sure or E10 mm-hmm. plus. And all of it, you know, the Mario Kart online, the Splatoon locked online, like it all it all is super locked down. Yeah. And, you know, and I I totally understand it because these are games for kids and for families. And I've never heard anyone swear more than someone losing at Mario Kart, right? Like, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Like no other game makes people swear and yell as much as Mario Kart does. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, um, yeah. which is which is why this game is, you know, teen. It doesn't make sense why we don't have like at least some sort of lobby system or at least an, like an LFG system. It, it shouldn't be yeah. that hard. Well, and especially um, when it was marketed as such a social, socially in social interaction based shooter with like, like weren't they? Wasn't there some video about like the app and it was like, oh, you like you were t- chatting with your destiny friends and like seeing what was going on in the world and when public events were starting and like all this crap. Yeah, it, it just it, it just fell fell short. Yeah, yeah. Um, it had really good music though. It it did <laughs> it did, and we'll get we'll get to the uh, Marty uh, McDonald's lawsuit. O'Donnell. Marty O'Donnell, Marty uh, McFly, what? Um, uh, McDonald McFly. Um. Anyway, so um. Oh, oh, here's here is the actual. I got the actual number. Um. Uh. So the 365 attack, which was like um uh, an attack for a lot of um exotic weapons, like the Monte Carlo ass- uh, assault rifle, mm-hmm. uh, is now 170. Um. And everything has scaled. Um. Uh. The same. Yeah. So now, so now your light is based off of your gear and things like uh, ghost shells, um, which previously the only like different ghost shell that we had was the red one for buying like the day one edition. Uh, uh, now they have different ghost shells, which will help you like hunt out um, like material or um, whatever. Oh, that's but cool. Be, like yeah, it'll make that material stand out a little bit more in the environment or something. It'll, it'll just ping it on your map. So you'll oh, always okay. know where it is. And, um, do you, and are those unlockable or do you have to purchase them? Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I would be surprised if they're not unlockable because Mm. there was, there's, they were, they were talked about in a lot of the, 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 the Twitch live stream that they did, but, um, the, um, but, uh, your armor, um, I don't, I don't know if you remember cause you're such a like kindergarten, um, dude, I got to like level 21. Come on. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I played it for like three weeks. (laughs) Um, the, um, the, the class and then I was armor. like, I played it for like three weeks really hardcore. And then I was like, oh, this other game has a story. I'm going to go over here. <laughs> yeah. 
um, the the class items were just cosmetic. They didn't give you anything. Now they give you defense bonuses. And like also, the class, like capes and shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which which sucked because I had this amazing one um, that looked really badass. It had a bunch of uh, spikes, a warlock band, and it had no defense. And I had to get like a, a lame one that had like 130 right, defense. Right, yes. I remember that. I was like, oh, these are super cool, but why would I ever use it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so now there's a reason to use it. Um, I, I didn't really w- was able to wrap my head around the blueprints, um, but basically I think any ex- any year one exotic weapon you can go and build or armor you can build from a blueprint you just have to have the materials um and i think any one that you run across um in year two you can um uh, like rebuild so if you have like one exotic gauntlet or weapon you can then like rebuild it but you the only way you can get the blueprints is if you discover the item i believe that's the way it works at least from my like real like i was in i was in last night for a little bit um, some of the, like, the, the the changes that I noticed right away is that when you're logging into your character at the beginning, they show the character um, without their helmet on and oh, really? in, a, in a different stance, which I thought was interesting, which you, you, you spend all this time designing your character and they wear and a then you never hat. see them. <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah. never see them. So I think they're trying to, to push that personality. They're like you can l- see them in the menu. Yeah, a little bit. And uh, the, the graphics. It was like little- in one, one thing I found, I like. Uh, not Destiny related, but when I started Metal Gear Solid Five, in yeah. the in, in the pro, you played it, right? Yeah, yeah. I just uh, finished the first story mission. I got to Mother Base. Okay, so in the prologue, uh, when it's like, oh, you have to change the way you look, and you have to design like a face. I was like, oh, is this like, are they pulling like another ride in where like I'm not actually gonna like look like Solid Snake? But then I realized it was just for like Metal Gear Online. Yeah, which I thought that was a really I thought that was really weird because it's just this like weird little chunk of the prologue of the single player campaign. It didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense at the time. And then I actually I was like, I was like, snake still looks like snake. Like, what is this for? And then it wasn't until I looked it up. That was like, oh, that's what you look like in Metal Gear Online, which isn't even out yet. Like, I thought that was a super weird introduction to that character creation thing. Yeah, and then, well, um, we'll move on to Metal Gear Solid because I have a, a lot to say about it. So uh, let's just pound through the, the patch notes. But the, um, the the one thing I noticed right off the bat is that the graphics felt tighter in Destiny 2.0. And I don't know if that was just like a s- slight optimization tweak, um, but it they felt, they felt tighter. Um, the other thing that I noticed right away is, at least for my character, I had the um, Heart of Praxis Fire chess, uh, exotic uh, chess piece for Warlocks. And the big complaint I had with that is you could apply a shader to it, but it didn't change it. Um, it was like, it's a long cape with like chain mail and it looks like something the Templars from Assassin's Creed um, would wear. But, but you could apply shaders and it would change your helmet. It would change your shoulders and your boots, but it, it would it would very minimally change the main piece of your armor. And that always, that always sucked because I had a lot of cool shaders. Um, well, I log in and I'm like, well, my character looks completely different. And now shaders apply to that armor piece. So I got um I applied Glowhool, which is one where uh you like glow like neon green and the whole jacket glows and I was like oh fuck yeah awesome like th- that that little that little touch um gives me hope that there's gonna be a lot of like little tiny nuance improvements uh in in year two that um like w- they're all gonna add up and we're gonna have like a really like complete package like finally fucking finally um but besides that um there's been a lot of um. Uh, changes and balances uh, we'll put a link to there's a from the destiny subreddit there's a big mega thread about all the changes um the one thing that i really um 
like to see is um, my favorite weapon type, the uh, uh, my two favorite weapons, Bad Juju and Monte Carlo. Um, they they haven't really been nerfed at all, um, so that's that's awesome and on point. And also, any um, um, year one exotics are fully upgraded for you right away. Like they're just they they just max them out for you right away. Oh really? So are they, is that because they are they not as powerful as the year two exotics or? I, I I would think so. Yeah, I would I would I would think so. So um, they're just like oh, in case you still want to use it, even though it's not as good, we max it out for you. Yeah, and like um, I po- I popped in and did a quick game uh while waiting uh because we were testing our new recording software yesterday. So while I was waiting for that, I, I popped in with Juan and some of the guys from um Sword Bear and uh, Nolan North is is here. He's 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 in the game, and um, it was jarring. It was really jarring because like. I was just muffing around on the moon with one. We finished like one of those like little missions. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, that's Nolan North. That is not Dinklebot. It, it sounds, it sounds different. It sounds different. He yeah. sounds like more high pitched, more tinny, more chipper, um, which seems weird. Maybe just cause I'm, I was used to Dinklebot, but I felt like, I don't know if it's just nostalgia, but I think Peter Dinklage's performance, at least for just for the like the little bit that I've heard of Nolan's, I feel like it's it was a better fit. And um, when we get into the lawsuit, in which I want you to to take lead on because you know more about it than I do, um, I, I I felt I I heard something, I read something that could be hearsay about the lawsuit and his performance. But I feel like I, I'm gonna want to see. He, he feels more C3POE or like um, like more upbeat, whereas I feel like the tone of the game. Um, is more like dystopian, downtrodden, and the like monotone Peter Dinklage performance just feels better. Um, um, I'll send you a video afterwards, but I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, like I a, saw a comparison. This, someone posted a comparison today. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but it sounded pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, but other than that, um, there's just a lot of like little patches that change gear. Um, people are moved around in the tower. Um, so Eris Morn is no longer up front. She's under the stairs. Um, and That's a big change. That that change right there is enough to get me back playing Destiny. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't even think you know who Eris Morn is. Nope. <laughs> She's someone that sells stuff. Uh, she was like your main point of contact for the Dark Below. Ah, no, I did not get that far. So, All right. So... Uh... Why don't you tell us about the lawsuit um, that was like it, it, everything just came together and it, that just got resolved with ex Bungie um, composer Marty McDonald uh, O'Donnell. Yeah, so I don't, I, I haven't read into it too far. Actually, the main aspect of what I read regarding the lawsuit is a lot of documents have come out um, in the aftermath of it, and uh, one of the ones that I found the most interesting is that um, you know, as we mentioned, you know, a little while ago on the show. Uh, Destiny was originally supposed to launch in September of 2013 on like a two year release schedule. So, you know, now being September 2015, we should be right around getting the second game in the series. Um, But some of the documents that came to light in this uh, during this lawsuit were really interesting, just like stuff about how like basically I think it was like two months before the game was supposed to release. I mean, and at this point we had seen trailers and, you know, because it was. We talked about it on the show when the show first, you know, back in episode one and two and everything like that, just how different the game felt from all of those amazing trailers that we saw. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it was almost like a, and you know, and I'm, I'm pr- yeah, I'm, pr- I'm probably hyperbolizing a little bit, but it almost felt like a, uh, like another Watch Dogs type thing, except the game that we got was still a pretty good game. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so there was some of these documents were about how, how in like much the game story changed, like, like two months before, um, before launch, they, which, which, which doesn't make any sense for me from a standpoint of, the story should be locked. I, the stuff going well, two, on in the two last mo- two months before launch, the game should almost have gone gold. Yeah, exactly. It, it it should be being printed. So, like, what like like what could they have changed? Um, like, do they just take stuff out? And one thing that I heard that was um, hypothesized or it was just kind of like rumor milled a little bit. But uh, the reason like Peter Dinklage's performance was everyone called it like really flat is that um, the rumor is, is that he came in, did his performance and they were like, okay, good, you're done. And there was barely any context given to him, like what was going on. Oh yeah. Um, so the rumor is that he was just kind of like, here's some lines, read them. You're a robot future war. And that yeah. was, that was, that was it. Well, and it's like, cause I feel like, you know, the biggest thing that I like the thing that I think the first thing that popped in my head when I read about, you know, the, how the, how, how much the story changed from this two month before launch version and the retail version that we eventually got. The first thing that popped in my head was what story? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's pretty, if you played fucking 10 minutes of destiny, it's pretty clear that the game story is light at, you know, light is probably being a little bit generous. Like most of anything that's, that's, that you get story wise, like it's, it's messy. You get cutscenes where there's just characters that seem like they're going to be super important. And then you never talk to them again. Yeah. And like, <clears throat> you know, most of, and most of like the most interesting stuff story wise <laughs> in the game is the, the grimoire cards that you unlock as you're playing. But that's all like weird backstory that they could have added at any point because there's no actual relevant, like there's no, it, it's not reflected at all in the actual game. Absolutely. You know, it's like, oh, you got to this point in the game, so you unlock this card. You know, they could have they could have written that shit like a week before the game came out. Like, um, but yeah, and and it was interesting because I remember just before I think it was just before the game came out, there was a big Reddit thread, um, and it's been it, it was deleted quite quickly, but there was a Reddit thread out for a couple of days that this uh, it was a like from a tester or something like that, that was invited to Bungie to try destiny out before launch. And he said that the game he experienced had a completely different story than what ended up coming out. Um, and, and no, I, I can't remember what people, if what people thought, if they believed him or whatnot, but obviously it was freaking true. Uh, um, all that, and all that I know, like I did, I was more interested in that than the, kind of marty o'donnell stuff even though that stuff's pretty crazy too but in there's documents that have been published um here i've got an ign article up it says it says the documents published pertaining to the lawsuit between former longtime bungie employee because of course this is the dude that made all the music for the halo series as well and yeah so him getting fired for basically no reason uh as it's come out is pretty freaking crazy but um so he sued of course bungie uh and he sued the studio over um shares outstanding shares uh so and it looks like so destiny story was very much revised um requiring so although destiny was planned the document state although destiny was planned for release in september 2013 the story was substantially revised beginning story was substantially revived beginning august 13th so that's one month before the game was supposed to launch so at that point your game should be gold 
basically. Yeah, Usually they go gold like a few weeks to a, a you know a month and a half before they actually launch, right? Yeah. The documents explain in paragraph 10 of section two requiring a new release date of March 2014, which it didn't make, uh, and edits to much of the work previously completed. So after a brief sabbatical slash vacation in early fall, O'Donnell returned, worked on the story and recorded dialogue, but wrote no additional music. His supervisor and the audio team did not consider him to be fully engaged in the work of audio director um, because he didn't do any more music. Was he not? Did he not? Maybe they, well, he wasn't supposed to do any more music. I it, don't know. It, it sounds like just a bunch of petty bullshit. It totally does. Yeah. Yeah um it's like a kojima thing all over again well and it's that it's so weird to me because you know this is a dude that worked um he worked with bungie for what the over a decade yeah right and and and, and you know what i think i think it has to do with something at activision because um the the launch trailer came out today and it was a live action launch trailer and did you get a chance to check it out i haven't checked it out yet it's garbage (laughs) Um, the, all the destiny live action stuff, I'm expecting like some of the amazing shit that we got for halo. Well, there was, was there not a, there was a live action trailer when destiny first launched, wasn't there? And it was really cool. No, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't. Uh, Okay. I'm thinking of a different one then. Like it it was bad. And like one of the things that people, um, he's, uh, uh, Marty, Marty O'Donnell is so disgruntled. (laughs) Did you almost say Marty McFly? Yeah. Um, so disgruntled about like the the stylistic choices and changes like the the trailer was supposed to have like his original score in it but they used okay. a led they used a led zeppelin song yeah and i, I in and this I, new one no 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 in the old one the oh, first okay, one they okay. used a led zeppelin song um and then in this one fuck, i can't remember the band but they used another like like era i think it was like back in black or something they used in this it just did not fit the tone of of destiny and the dialogue was garbage it was just like super garbage and it was cheesy and annoying and i when i wrote it up on the website i i I put a link like like we had some amazing live action stuff from from bungie like the odst trailers and like the the one you know granted those were directed by people outside but to say that Bungie didn't have a direct hand in their, you know, the style and the tone of those live action sequences, you know, to say they don't have a touch in that would be, would be absurd. So to see something like this in destiny, it just, it just didn't fit. It just didn't fit. So I think it like, this all has to be like an Activision thing. And that was a lot of people thought that when the game first came out that, um, you know, that there was this stuff that, was cut so they could sell it to us later or whatever. Uh, and I don't know what the case is, but you know, with take taken King is actually supposed to did, did neither of the two expansions that come out so far, they didn't have any story stuff. No, they, they all had actually a, a quite a bit of story. Um, like the, um, shit. Now I'm trying to remember like the dark below you go and you kill Crota, you kill Crota. Yeah. That was the whole dark below thing is killing Crota. And then the house of wolves, is you explore the prison of elders and you learn about all the different like fallen houses. Um, so there's story there, but it's just kind of like, like loosely like poured into the action. So unless you're like seriously reading the subtitles, you're not really like understanding what's going on, which, which when prison of elders came out, um, I went back and was doing a strike, the archon priest one. And there's a part where your, your ghost is like, Oh look, a cell from the prison of elders. I was like, Oh fuck, this was all a cohesive story. Like, they were talking about the prison of elders uh, almost, you know, eight months before the prison of elders was even out. So, so it, which I thought that was kind of surprising because the, the story feels so thin and disjointed to see that there's like some cohesion there was, 
which it shouldn't be a surprise, but it was a surprise that there was that that call, like I wouldn't say callback, but call forward. So, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, and in, in, in any case, the Taken King is is supposed to have substantially more story than um than the the other two expansions as well, though, isn't it? Yeah, and it, it fucking better because it, just from it, what I've read, I don't know if that's true. I mean, and it better for you know for the full Taken King experience, it's sixty bucks. Let's get off of Destiny. Let's okay. let's talk about something else. Okay. Uh, Poke- Pokemon Go. Let's talk about Pokemon Go. Oh my god, man! Yeah. I, I I think it was like I was like literally falling asleep last night, and I didn't actually realize that a trailer had come out at that point. But I was falling asleep last night, and you know sometimes I just check my RSS reader before you know kind of as I'm falling asleep, and there's something about like Nintendo partners with Niantic, who of course made Ingress, who which all of us at Geekscape were addicted to at one point. Um, you know, it, it said Nintendo partners with Niantic for like an all, uh, augmented reality Pokemon game. And I was just like, holy fuck, that <laughs> is going to be the best thing ever. And I uh, it's that's crazy. And I, you know, and I was like literally falling asleep. So I was like, please, someone put this up. Like and then, you know, I said in the a.m. And then it was like 3.30 a.m. You sent a message. I was like, I did it like this, yeah, so I was, that was funny. I was, but, I was on that shit because I was playing Miller Solid. I was on that <laughs> shit. But a whole, but that trailer was the trailer was super cool, and of course the games, the game will look very Never, diff, very yeah. different than that, of course. But um, that sounds like literally, there's no, you know, you can just stop making Pokemon games because this one is going to be the best one. Yeah, yeah, and I, I described it in the post. It's a chocolate peanut, chocolate peanut butter. Situation. Oh yeah, I thought that was so funny because there's <laughs> nothing better than chocolate and peanut butter. Exactly. Um, <laughs> It's a chocolate peanut butter situation. Um, the uh, so in case anybody doesn't know, there's a new Pokemon game coming out. It's going to be on iOS and Android. And um, the team that made Ingress, that augmented reality GPS game, um, that um, kind of like bolstered Google Maps, um, they're teaming up with uh, the Pokemon company Nintendo to make one with with Pokemon. And information is a little slim, and there's a lot of speculation and. Um, so, so basically what they've revealed so far, aside from this really cool looking trailer, is that it will be, you know, an augmented reality game and it'll be real world location based. So you'll be walking around, find a wild Pokemon. Now it's up to you to try to catch it. Um, yeah. You can battle with people. You can trade your Pokemon with friends because, of course, the idea, as always, is to catch them all. It <laughs> sounded like. I mean, from the trailer and everything, it looked like, or and from what I've read, it sounds like certain Pokemon will be specific to different, like actually different areas of the planet, Um, in which case you'll, you know, you'll have to trade if you ever, you know, want to get your favorite Pokemon or if you want to have an opportunity to actually catch all of the, all of the creatures. Which, which uh, um, works uh, at least... um I know Ingress can, or uh, Niantic can do it because in Ingress, there was a, uh, I guess I would just call it a chapter where there was these crystals that were all over the planet. And the the whole point was to like get all the crystals in one location. And the only way to do it was with links. Um, And there were some crazy links going on like Brazil and San Francisco. And actually, in fact, like the, um, the enlightened from, San Francisco paid one of the Anchorage enlightened a- uh, agents to fly out to this like no rem- way rem- to set up a, to set up a link set up a link to San Francisco so they could move a crystal down. That's so um, cool. Yeah, and uh, they actually talked about it in one of the Ingress updates. So um, it, it's so it's expected that you know um, at least in the trailer there was like a live event where it's like defeat Mewtwo, 
uh, and it was in New York City. So that was so could- it was so cool in the trailer. It was like all of a sudden, like you know, a notification or whatever pops up, and everyone glances at their phone, and then like hundreds of people just start sprinting um, to you know Times Square. Or, oh no, it was Tokyo, wasn't it? Uh, or was it New York? It, it was New York, I believe. Okay, so it looked like it was Times Square in any case. So they all like rush there to like, you know, because it's a big public event. He's too strong for any person to take on. So everyone rushes there to team up on him and, and you know, take him down. It was really, really cool. And yeah, and I mean, oh, if and of course that, yeah, concept trailer is awesome. But Ingress was fantastic and I was addicted to it for a really long time, as were you and Jonathan. Yeah. And many, many other people. Um, a lot of people are still Still playing. I haven't touched it in some time. Do you still play? Um, I, I've I've played it like at random. They've added like missions where like players can create like local missions where it's like hit all these portals in a row and there's like a story. So like oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and then there's like achievements and badges, and there hasn't been like a whole lot added to it, which I don't think there's much that you could do. They added new weapons and and stuff like that, and they added like a level sixteen level cap now. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, um, there's not much you can do. Um, the big thing that that is coming with this is that you can buy a wearable. It's like a little Pokeball that you can wear like on your jacket or on your wrist that'll connect and it'll give you notifications of Pokemon around you. And like, so yeah, like events. even when the when you're not active in the game, it'll notify you when there's a wild Pokemon near you and when there's public events. And you can even try to launch a Pokeball right from it. See, one thing I didn't get from the trailer is. You know, do you basically just walk to a location, throw a Pokeball, and then catch it? Or do you actually have to, you know, get its health down or whatever or, or beat them? Um, one, that was one thing that it didn't make clear because at the beginning of the trailer, it had a bunch of people discovering, you know, different Pokemon from right from basic to like, you know, Charizard and stuff and basically throwing a ball and catching them. Like, yeah. is it more about just finding them and collecting them? Or do you actually, you know, is it does it take some mechanics from... The RPGs where you have your your characters have moves and they have to take you know get the Pokemon low on health before they can capture them. Yeah, I, there's not there's, the details are super slim. Yeah. There's just because I mean just walking around and catching them way less interesting to me. It, 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 and it could be that like you have to be a certain like much like in Ingress like you have to level up to use like stronger gear to take out stronger portals to create yeah. stronger links. So it could be that like well, and I'm know, sure it will be. It 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 has to be deeper than you know. I'm walking. I throw a ball and catch it like it's got to be deeper than that yeah um but that comes out um early 2016 uh so when more details get released we will definitely um uh let you know um i i was really really excited um about it um you know one thing that i know you're excited about is the apple tv uh update. for sure yeah i so, uh, i mean i've only been waiting for five years <laughs> um the last time they updated the apple tv was five years ago um which is pretty crazy you know one thing that I find is funny is everyone's like, you know, there's I there one thing is there's never more negativity on the internet than a day that Apple announces new products. Yeah. Um and one thing that I find is funny is that like you, you know, sometimes sometimes I look at these comments on this stuff and it's like, you know, like for instance they announced new iPhones yesterday. Announce phones once a year, which is a lot like far less often than most cell phone manufacturers. Um but, you know, if I look on the like 45 out of 50 comments on, uh, you know, a post about Apple announcing a new phone is like, you know, oh, he, you know, the last one came out two months ago and now they're already announcing one. Like just weird shit like that 
um, but that's, you know, it's off topic. It doesn't matter. But in any case, we waited, waited five years for this new Apple TV. It looks really, really slick. Um, this is a gaming podcast, so I'm not going to focus on, you know, what looks, you know, how the interface looks cool and how it embeds, you know, it has universal search. So you search for a television show and it'll tell you if it's on iTunes, Hulu, Netflix, Showtime, HBO, Go, like any of that stuff. Um, but one thing that they're doing and and they believe that you know the future intel of television is in applications you know whether that's you know a television network creating an application so that you can access their content from your apple tv or whether that's a game developer launching a game on the console or whether you know just there's i mean look at look at the app store and the google play store like when those launched i think like i think that when those launched um people had no idea the types of apps and the types of games that would come out. Like some, some of this stuff is just incredible. But uh, in any case, one of the big aspects of this is the console is going to be able to play games just like, you know, just like it's a huge market on the iPhone and the Android phones and everything like that. Um, I'm really excited about that. They, they demonstrated a few of the games on, you know, a few games on stage. Of course it's, it's the app store. So any developer can make any title and put it, you know, put it on line. And um, one of the things that was really cool is they're uh, just, just as with in the iPhone and iPad, they can make a universal app. So, you know, if you buy it once, it'll run on your iPhone and your iPad and your Apple TV and some games like they announced, which, is, the, a, which is another thing they stole from Microsoft. What's that? Well, like, that's just like the, 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 the meme spouting that happens is like, oh, look at this. They stole it from Samsung or they stole it from, from Microsoft. And like the thing that I've heard is, so there's, they're releasing a stylus and it's like, oh, they, oh, you know, they knocked the stylus, you know, years, uh, you know, in 2007 and now they're releasing a stylus and then the foldable keyboard, like the surface. Um, and, uh, but that, um, the universal apps is something that, uh, Microsoft is pushing the Windows 10, so like Windows 10 is on your Xbox, your phone, and your PC. Yeah, but I mean, they your- so they launched like like Universal apps have been launched on the i like the App Store. I think they launched in like 2011 or 12 because it because it was for at that point it was I could buy um I could buy an app and it would have a different binary like a like a different compilation for my phone and my iPad. But instead yeah. of having to buy both, I just buy one and and I get both versions. Um, so now of course the Apple TV is included in this. So one, one game, for instance, that said that they're, you know, supporting that is the full version of what's the latest Skylanders called superchargers. I, if Josh or Juan were here, they could tell us, I have <laughs> so, no idea. So the full like console version of Skylanders superchargers is coming to the Apple TV. Um, it's also the full console version on the iPad. I don't know if it's the full console version on the iPhone or what, what it is, but, um, so basically you buy the game once you now have it on th- three of your devices um and it like you know it's it syncs so if i'm playing it you know if i'm playing skylanders at home on my tv and now i have to go out when i just automatically without me doing anything when i turn on my ipad i'm at the same point in the game so this is kind of you know it's kind of like what remote play was supposed to to be like with the vita but more realized i would say but there's all like you know one thing that was funny is we were emailing back and forth and um you know like like Someone said, "Oh, Apple TV plays games now," and sh- you, know, you send a message that was like, "Oh, Oya too," you know, jokingly, of course. But yeah. I feel like already there's been more games announced for the new Apple TV, which won't even come out until late next month, than the Oya two ever got, like, or than the yeah. Oya ever caught. Like, but the thing that I'm most excited about with this is that I'm really excited for the uh, local multiplayer aspect for games. 
Um, yeah. So the thing here, and in fact, most of the games that they demonstrated on stage and a lot of the games that have been announced so far, um, they all have local multiplayer, which is something that it seems like, you know, most developers aside from Nintendo have completely forgotten about. Um, and and actually in one of my articles about, about the device, some of the most fun I've had playing a game, games at a friend's house you know, as of late is not big gaming experiences at all. Like, do you know who Jackbox games is? Mm-mm. So Jackbox games, they did like, you don't know Jack way back in the day. Oh, okay. Um, so now they, they actually have a suite of games for PS4 and for Xbox one. Um, and they're weird. Like they're, they're the party games, basically like, it, you know, there's one called, uh, um, draw. I don't remember. It's called, uh, I, in any case, I don't remember, but there's ones where you have to draw shit or like, pick what the right definition of a word is or which one of these answers is a lie, but they're all like, like you play with 10 people. And so how it works is you just go to, you know, you go to a website on your phone, we put in a code for your, like your game room and then it, and then it handles the rest. So you, everyone, you know, you're playing with 10, 12, 15 people because they all have a controller already in their pocket. Yeah. Um, and the thing that they, the thing that they really showed off with all the games they demonstrated on stage was that, you know, the Apple TV has a remote now. It's, it's, you know, some of the games will be like Wii ish. Um, so they, uh, hold on one sec. Uh oh. What happened? Uh, no, I'm good. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so s- some of the games, you know, will use the Wii, the, sorry, the that new Apple remote for controls, but you'll also be able to use your phone. And if a friend comes over, they already have a controller in their pocket because they already have a smartphone. Um, and so that's, you, you know, you know that they're going to limit it to iOS devices. You, you, you like that. That's there's, there's no way No, that- that's, it's actually based on the, it's based on the game. Oh, okay. Well, um, cause I know there's already like, there's games that, um, because, for instance, one of like one of the demonstrations was because um, it'll be up to the developer to make the phone be your phone be able to be a controller, um, you know, by downloading an app or a binary or, or or whatever. Like, for instance, on stage they had Crossy Crossy Road, which is a you know a really fun casual game. And one thing they announced is that it's going to have a multiplayer mode um, on the Apple TV. And and so one person, you know, you, the the player one that was on there was using the remote, and then the other person used their cell phone. But you know, I'm pretty sure if you just like when the next version of Crossy Road comes out, which Crossy Road's on Android as well, I believe, it'll just have that multiplayer aspect built in. You know, I, I would be I would be surprised if if Apple would allow that allow that like cross play with the Apple TV on Android or Windows. I just don't have any faith that, that they would let that functionality like be in or allow it at all. They're not Microsoft, man. I think that I think that they will. Microsoft being Microsoft never allows crop, cross-platform play, which is why like Portal Two and stuff could play with PC on the PS4, but not the Xbox. But there's lot like there's lots of <laughs> iOS games that have have multiplayer with and the Android titles as well, like the Android version of the game as well. Yeah, um, I think it'll be just be up to the developer entirely. Yeah, it's 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 really exciting. Um, I I know that when the Chromecast came out. Like I wish uh, Google pushed that more because there's there's a lot of fun games. Like one that I played was Cards Against Humanity, where uh, you know everybody would just play Cards Against Humanity, have your own personal decks in your hand, and then you yeah, know for sure would just dish them out on the screen. So yeah, and that's and and again it's and you know a lot of the I, I read a lot of articles in the last couple of days that were like you know like Apple's stupid because they're t- trying to take on Sony and Microsoft. It's not like that at all. I don't think it's like that at all. I think it's like you know. Like, for instance, I never saw a grandmother playing a video game before, you know, before smartphones and before tablets kind of became really mainstream. And now those people play Candy Crush and they play Farmville and they play all this casual, you know, these casual games 
So they're, you know, they're playing video games. It doesn't matter if it's a hardcore game or a casual game. It's getting, it got people that would never think of themselves, could never even see themselves playing games, playing games that they couldn't stop playing. And I think that's the big thing here is people are, you know, like people, most people aren't going to buy this device because they're like, oh, it's a cheap gaming console. They're going to buy this device because, oh, this is going to make my TV experience really slick and really easy and really fast. Yeah. Um, and then they're going to fall in love with some games on it. Like, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Nobody's um, like, I'm going to buy this instead of a PS4 because it plays games. Oh, that's stupid. A- abso- and that's, that's not. not. Yeah. And that's yeah. not what they were going for. It's just no. it's the app store on your TV. And, and that that goes with like, and I'm a staunch like, like anti cult of Apple person. But that's just people just trying to be dicks against. Oh, Apple for sure. And I mean, and I mean, regardless of what you think of the company, they make really slick, really nice products. Yeah. Yeah, they make good stuff, but uh, you know, uh, now that Steve Jobs is dead, they're kind of going down the shitter. Uh, For sure, they don't make any money anymore. I know it's 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 ridiculous. Uh, they're only like you know one of the richest like private. Companies. They're only still they're only the biggest company in the pl- on the planet. Yeah, and they have the most cash. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's get a, let's um let's move down into uh what we're playing. But real quick before that, um, uh, there's a new Doom trailer coming out that focused on the uh, level creation. And uh, just to touch on it real quick, you can make your own levels. Obviously, that's why it's called level creation. But levels um, uh, on the surface, it looks really simple where you're just like connecting blocks together. Um, But then you can get down to like a real granular level and add um, like uh, fire effects, like um, debris, um, dirt, um, hazards, uh, even to the point where you can do scripting. So like if you have something they had in the trailer is you have a piece of armor there um, and then you have an enemy um, behind the piece of armor but you can script it so that the enemy doesn't spawn like it'll he won't teleport in from hell until the armor is picked up and i think and everything's done really intuitively it's um a WYSIWYG, what you see is what you get so um you're down there and you're like connecting lines so like this then this then this and drawing lines to each other so like uh, it, it seems really intuitive um and the multiplayer seems really cool it reminds me a lot um just a real like like grounded and when i say grounded like stuck to the ground uh, a real grounded um like unreal tournament and which i really want like a like a twitch based shooter back like th- everything is like where you're flying around and doing crazy shots with sniper rivals and rocket launchers i want i don't i still i don't think i've put as much time into any shooter as i have the original unreal tournament and, and they have like unreal live and like tribes ascend and there's a couple other ones but i just want just give me the original i mean i guess there's probably mods but i'm like just give me the original unreal tournament but with like really good graphics that's what unreal live is so look into that you can play it in your browser really yeah i will do that yeah no Uh, i'm just kidding no you won't um any other quick things you want to get into real quick pikmin 4 uh, i think was a big thing um it was it came out of nowhere so i think it was Eurogamer had an interview with shigeru miyamoto back in july um but it just was published the other day so there must have been, been some nda on it because it was a lot of mario maker stuff and and that sort of stuff um at one point miyamoto just basically flat out was like so i think i mean i think that it was a pikmin related question or what else you're working on or something and he was like he pikmin 4 is almost done like, like he, Pikmin 4 is almost complete is what they said. And he's like, we're always working on the next one. But, you know, this is a game Nintendo had never announced at that point. So I wonder if that was possibly something he wasn't supposed to say. But not only, you know, not only revealed, yes, we were working on Pikmin 4, but said it's almost it's almost done. So we have I feel like with all that being said, we have to be getting some sort of announcement soon. And that's also 
I, I was really surprised by that because I'm sure Pikmin sells fairly well. I can't imagine it selling that well because it's just this weird, quirky, you know, very unapologetically Nintendo title. Yeah. Um, and it's I, you know, I always figured it sold okay, but I was surprised to get a Pikmin three. And then to I was surprised to get a Pikmin two. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I was surprised to get a Pikmin two, let alone a Pikmin three, let alone two years later to be get you know to have a Pikmin four almost completed. Especially when there Nintendo has so many franchises that haven't seen a game in in forever um, to be jumping back to that one. But that's cool because I freaking love Pikmin, and and so does everyone that's ever played it. Basically, yeah. Um, so let's get into what we've been playing, and I think we've both been playing the same thing last week. Yeah, Candy Crush. Yeah, I was gonna say Cookie Clicker. Uh, cookie, <laughs> dude, cookie, cookie Clicker was like fucking two years ago, but I was really good at Cookie Clicker. <laughs> there's no skill, <laughs> dude. There's skill. You know, click. Um, so yeah, Metal Gear Solid has been um, both of our jams, and I'm just gonna take the reins because I didn't plan on getting it as soon as I did. Um, I but then you just... heard me talk about it last week. Well, no, the thing was like I was I was sitting here, couldn't sleep, I was bored. And I was was just like I had watched all my YouTube vids, and I didn't feel like playing Counter Strike or anything on the PC. And I'm like, "Fuck it! I got Ground Zeroes. I I've put two seconds into the game. I'm just gonna force myself to play it." I, I sit up till seven a.m. <laughs> I sit up till seven a.m. playing the shit out of that, and I hundred. But I thought it only took eight minutes. Uh, n- no, no, because I hundred percent of that shit. I know. And, I'm just kidding. I was just being a stupid gamer. Yeah. Um, I, I know. I just kind of glossed over it, but it was <laughs> it was. It, like, Ground Zero sold me on MGS5, and then I got the digital version and like fell in love with it. It's it um it's it's very Metal Geary. It's very Kojima e. I I think that I'm going to be going back because I've only played MGS1, uh, the Twin Snakes on the GameCube, and Metal Gear Acid. So I think I'm gonna go back to MGS2, and then MGS3, and then MGS4, and then Peace Walker. Uh, because I forgot how good these games are. Um, it uh, like Ground Zero sold me on it. I, I like I like the just just everything it ha- it, it has to offer. Um, but the, going into MGS Five, I was completely blown away. the 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 prologue took way too fucking long going through that hospital. Oh God, you move so slow. And, and I like, I mean I get that yes his muscles are atrophied because he hasn't moved in nine years. But let me move that slowly for like thirty seconds. And yeah. then I and then I get the point. And then thank you for letting me move faster. Not like forty five minutes of like crawling on your stomach. And he kept falling fucking yeah, over. It. I was like, finally he's up. Oh no, never mind. He fell over again. Um, and uh, it was it was. And I don't know how far you on, but those those two, the only way I'm gonna describe it is supernatural characters. Mm-hmm. Do you see them ever again? Like like fireman. Yeah, fireman, and then the other guy. Uh, the other guy, I think, is Baby Psychomantis, isn't it? Oh, well, I was trying to avoid spoilers. Oh, all right. So anyway, so this—I'm is... pretty sure they were in the trailer, weren't they? Uh, no, not explicitly. Okay, well, it's the prologue, so I'm sorry we ruined the first ten minutes of the game. Yeah, so so fuck it. Um, Arkham Knight. Uh, <laughs> Don't yes. even yeah, go there. Uh, do they ever come back in the game? Do Do you know? Because yeah. Okay. Okay. But then now you're just making me give up more spoilers. Yeah, this is all Derek. This is all Derek, everybody. Uh, son of a bitch i can um i don't have any complaints with the game so far oh the story is fucking bare bones i'll tell you that really i mean it's it's just it's not it's not bare bones but it's so different than you know where i'm used to and i fell in love with the fact that oh metal gear solid has hour-long cutscenes. 
you know, like that's something that I thought was really cool. They were like, oh, we're going to tell this story and we're going to take as long as we freaking want to, to do it. Most of the, most of the story in, aside from the prologue in which I was like, oh, you know, this is the metal, this is metal gear, like long cutscenes. I walk down a hallway, I get another cutscene. Like that's metal gear. And that I, I love it. Um, the most of the story in, in metal gear solid five is, is basically relayed to you via cassette tapes. Yeah. You know, well, there's, which is, well, I mean, which means the story's there, but you're, it's just, you're basically, you know, you just like sit in the helicopter and listen to cassette tapes after you do a mission because it doesn't give you much of it when you're in there. Yeah. And uh, actually, I, I I don't know how far you are, but I, um, I, I want to tell you a funny story that happened to me today. I was telling my buddy about the glitch. Oh, I guess we didn't talk about it. There's, there's an error um, that if you bring the quiet along with you as your partner on mission 29 and 42, there's a potentiality, uh, potentiality. It's there's a there's a chance that your save data can get corrupted. So don't bring the quiet on those missions. But I told it, my, I think it's just quiet. I don't think it's the quiet, but quiet. I don't know because well, I haven't met, I haven't unlocked it yet. Okay, so you haven't unlocked her yet. No. Okay, so so this might be what I'm about to say might give you hopes for the story because it did it did for me because I just finished the first mission and I just got to mother base. Yeah. So I'm super uh, new into it, but. I told my friend, like, um, hey, did you hear about that? He's like, yeah, I heard about the glitch after I did level 29 with quiet, no problems. And then he texted me and he said, holy fuck, I thought I just beat the game, but it just started a new one. I'm in chapter two now. So so you're spoiling it for me right now. Well, I, how, is, how is that spoiling? I don't know. You thought he beat the game. And then yeah. it was like, oh, I'm Kojima. You're just starting. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, oh, am I still there? Okay, this fucking mic is, I need to get a new one. Um. There's always a problem on the Geekscape Games podcast. Absolutely, and you know, we, but if if it was perfect, we wouldn't have soul or character. We don't have soul or character. Uh, my big worry that I see with this game is the same thing that I do with all these kind of stealth games: is that I get super perfectionist. Where if I have one mistake, I have to start over and scrap mm. it. I, and I've I spent, and you can check out. Um, I did some live streaming. Um, of Ground Zeroes doing trying to get S rank on a mission. Uh, check us out at twitch.tv slash geekscape TV. But um, I would just restart the mission over and over again because I would See, make one w- mistake. One thing that I really like about this game though is it doesn't overly penalize you for like there's sometimes where I'm like, I just want to shoot some fuckers. And yeah. you know, you call in that because I mean they they do shit like you can do like you can get helicopter support and you can do airstrikes and stuff. So, I mean, it's encouraging you to not always play it stealthily because otherwise that stuff wouldn't be in there. And so sometimes it's like, it's just super fun to jump on like a turret and like shoot some dudes down. Like, well, yeah. Um, and that's the same thing with like any game like that. Like it, a good example is Grand Theft Auto. You know, you're doing the missions, but sometimes you just want to go around and try to for get, sure. six, <clears throat> get six stars. But, but I mean, even when you're in the mission, <coughs> like, it's like sometimes it's like if, oh, like I'm trying to go stealthy. Oh, now I've been seen and now I have to shoot my way out. Okay, that's cool too. And I mean, it's totally dependent on the person. Like I don't, I'm someone that I'm playing for fun and I'm playing for the story and I just want to get through the games game. I don't care about collectibles and I don't care about getting an S rank on every mission because I don't. And I mean, maybe if like, I just feel like I don't have enough time that I'll ever be able to put enough time into the Like I'll be lucky if I put enough time into the game to finish it, let alone to put enough time into S rank everything. Like, and I, I think that's just, that's just me. Cause I was doing, I was doing the, the first mission in Kabul and I was up to the target and you know, and you know what the target is. I was mm-hmm. up to the target and a guy spotted me and he was too far away to use reflex mode and hit him with a trank dart. 
So he alerted everybody, and then the whole base was alerted. And then my my silencers broke, so I had loud guns, and I was just like, I I wanted to restart so bad. I I I wanted to just like just start hit the start button and like restart the mission, but I was like, no, no, just just do it. And then you know we get back to mother base, we do all this stuff. There's all this story and exposition, and then it gets you back into the level select. <clears throat> and I see that there was now now I have access to a lot of secondary objectives that weren't open to me when the first time I played it. And I was like, "Ooh, this is going to be bad because I'm." Oh, does it tell you what the secondary objectives are if you go back in? Yeah, yeah. You go oh. back to the, you go back to the level. So you go back to the level select and like mission select and just highlight it, and it shows you what all the secondary objectives are. Oh no, like the like the the like little tick boxes that have question marks in them. Yeah. So like in the first mission, like one of them is, um, uh, one of them was uh, you have to you have this the this extraction device where you can like recruit people. And yeah. one of the, one of the secondary <clears throat> objectives in the first mission in Kabul is uh, uh, um, get one of the truck drivers and extract him. Which you can't even do the first time because you don't have the Fulton device, do you? Yeah, no, you don't. Oh, okay. See, one like that was one of the things that I I haven't gone back and replayed a mission yet, and that was one of the big things. Is I'm like, there's like six objectives in each mission. And I can get like two of them. And I'm like, I have no idea what the other objectives would be. And I'm not going to spend the hours it's going to take to go figure those secondary objectives out or check every house for a piece of paper that might be there. But if it actually, it tells you them after you've completed it, that's totally different. I can see myself doing that. Yeah. And then actually um, going forward, uh, they'll tell you what all the missions are. I think it was just for that particular one, since it was like the prologue story mission, Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're not, um, um, they're not they they weren't gonna like allude to like stuff that they're not gonna say like extract this guy you're like what the fuck is extraction yeah which which is like a, a it, but no when i go into the even the later like i think i'm the last one i did was like mission 10 or something or i'm on mission 10 or something but it'll still like it'll only give me one or two of the objectives and the other ones are all like question marks hmm, hmm. I, I i don't know um that's just because then like mission two or three they had like all the secondary um, oh, weird. objectives listed yeah so, uh, I'm having I'm, a, I'm having a blast with the game though. It's really hard to put down. The mechanics are all super good. One like my my only kind of my one beef with it, aside from I wish that there was like more actual cutscenes and less like listening to tapes and stuff. Um, I wish it had a better fast travel system. I feel like I feel like it's okay. Like basically, to be able to fast travel, you have to. Um, there's these little like orange cargo areas in kind of all of the main areas on the map. So you got, you basically gotta, like sneak into these areas, like grab the like shipping manifest, and then you can fast travel between the areas you've unlocked, which is fine. But I feel like it's kind of annoying because it's not like, you know, I mean, in most open world games, I can press pause and like fast travel to an outpost or something. Yeah. But in this one, you have to like go to one of these places. So you got to sneak in again put yourself in the cardboard box and sit there and then you choose where you want to go. And it just takes way too long. Um, I really wish. And like one thing that I really wish, I wish that I could just call my helicopter, get in the helicopter and go to a different landing zone. Like, why do I have to go back up to the like, like menu to, to change my landing zone? I haven't gotten that far, but that does sound, that does yeah, seem which tedious. Is, it, it is super tedious and it's still like, it's fat. It's, it feels faster because the map is huge. Like it feels faster to me generally to 
call my helicopter, go to the landing zone where my helicopter picks me up, let the game go back to the menu. So like a loading screen to choose the next mission and choose another landing zone. Like I, that feels faster and less tedious than it does to like run to a town or whatever, like sneak into this place to jump on the cargo thing to get the fast travel to another town place. Like that seemed like, like letting it load and like doing nothing seemed less tedious than it. I'll have to give my opinion when I get to that. Cause yeah, when, totally. we're, when we're done with this, I'm going to fire it up and start playing. Yeah. Because it's all I've been thinking about all day today. Absolutely. After putting the episode up. Um, yes. Yeah. Which hopefully <laughs> our new software will let us uh, turn it around right away. So yeah. Um, that's all I've been. That's all I've been playing. That's, that's, that's all I've been. That's, that's all I've touched. And that's I, probably all I'll touch until Fallout 4 comes out. Yeah. Um, Though I still would really like to get back to The Witcher 3. Which there was there was an expansion trailer that came out. Um, yeah, what? so there's a cool expansion. It's a you know it's a it's more it's more Witcher stuff. You know, it's good. It's gonna be good. It's yeah. gonna be good. They said it's about ten hours. Ten hours of content. Like I need more content. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's the one game where I'm like, don't give me any more content. Like I'm not even gonna finish it as it is. <laughs> you know, I'm actually like for the first time in a long time, I'm feeling the holiday season crunch because I still have Mad Max to get. Taking King comes out, and then there's, uh, you know, there's probably some Wii U titles, and I just bought fucking the crew and DMC. I haven't even put DMC in my console yet, and you never will. Oh, I'm gonna do it tonight, just just to put it in and then install it and take it but out. But you could, but you have Metal Gear to play. Okay, well, Metal Gear is a digital game, so I don't have to take that. Disc oh out. yeah, yeah. Good see, Good yeah, plan. loophole. Um, so what do you say we get into our mission objectives from last week? Ah, uh, yes, let's do it. Last week, we asked you guys, uh, over the 28 years of Metal Gear Solid, what are your favorite Metal Gear moments? Um, Sam G said, uh, right now it's riding around a horse in Afghanistan, which is actually technically pronounced Afghanistan, but you know, there's your vocabulary lesson of the day. Um, uh, riding around a horse in uh, Afghanistan, attaching balloons to unconscious people, but I think my favorite all-time moment is when Ocelot was first revealed as Liquid Ocelot. And I had no idea what that was, so I had to Google it, figured it out. Sounds like, like, I knew what that was just because, um, like, watching, you know, Metal Gear Retrospectives, because that game came out in 2004, it was a PS2 game, it came out a while ago, so it's like, craziest moments from the Metal Gear series, top 10, so that was spoiled for me a, few, a long time ago, but once, like, looking up, like, what he meant, I, I understood. Um, William E. said, uh, when you had to switch the controller to port 2 against Psycho Mantis, was an always will be epic and then uh, our good friend jeremy s jeremy shepherd said he never played the game but i did pick up the free game um on games with gold and i hope to check out the phantom pain and then he went into this like really interesting exposition that i just want to share in the on the show um i do want to point out my gaming history as i'm not an xbox fanboy i was originally a pc gamer going back to tandy which is super impressive like like mad props to you um uh, King's Quest on PC, clones to Wolfenstein, Duke Nukem, and Doom. Then got the NES to the SNES, Genesis, and Panasonic. Uh, the Panasonic combo Genesis and Sega CD. I next got the. I hope he still has all these because that's mad collection. I next got the PlayStation at launch with Road and Tracks Need for Speed, Crash Bandicoot, and Ridge Racer. Then got N64, GameCube, PS2, Xbox, PS3, Xbox 360, Wii. Now Xbox One and Wii U. Um, <laughs> and, he, and this is this is what I want to touch on. He's got a uh, an interesting complaint. He said Geekscape Games used to cover all things gaming. Now it's PC and PS4 Master Race Destiny with a sprinkling of Nintendo and Vita. I love the show, but now it's hard to listen to. Uh, so we need to diversify, I me thinks. Derek. Uh, yeah, so I've got... Um, oh, no, no, no. I just want to... What do you think about diversification of our funds here? Oh, I wasn't listening. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. 
Oh my god! Fire. Uh, I was I was trying to no sorry I was trying to pull up the responses uh, for oh my, my metal my Metal Gear answers, but so, uh, so it our, wasn't loading. What our at least my favorite fan of the show, Jeremy Shepard, is saying that we. Oh, are, it was Jeremy Shepard too. I'm sorry, Jeremy. Yeah, and he says he says the show used to cover everything. Now it's just PS4. PC Master Race Destiny with some Nintendo and Vita. We do. I was, you know, when when I I was thinking when you talked about Destiny for half an hour today, this is a lot of Destiny. Yeah. What else? What did he say you would like us to cover? He 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 wants us. To, he went through his whole gaming history and says we need to cover more. So, um, I mean, I feel like we cover a lot of PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, which is all the current stuff, and you have a PC. Yeah. Like uh, what? I, aside I, from maybe more mobile stuff. You, you know, I it's 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 a complaint that I've I received from a, a friend where it's like we just fucking talk about amiibos for forty five minutes. So I think uh, we've talked about Destiny for way more than we ever, we've ever talked about amiibos. Uh, I don't know because sometimes I just we've like, t- we talked about Destiny on this episode way more than we've ever talked about amiibos. Yes, yes. So uh, we'll work on it, you guys. We're we'll, sorry we failed you. We'll work on making the show better. Yeah, we will. We will. We need to to once jump. we fix our audio problems. Absolutely, which might be right now. Absolutely. So then Nathan C. said, uh, punching dogs to death at the beginning of Metal Gear for the NES. Then Stephen K. said, I started with Metal Gear Solid on the PS1. That opening moment when Snake got into the service elevator and the title card popped up. That's when I went, wow, this is going to be a different game. Uh, Matthew M. said, hiding in boxes and screaming Otacon are, uh, and screaming Otacon are two of my favorite pastimes. But the best moment would have to be the I need scissors 61 speech. Don't know what that is a reference to. I'll have to look it up. Uh, what do you got, Derek? Uh, so Michael D said, the only Metal Gear moment I have is gifting you the last MGS. So that, so, uh, one of my good friends actually, uh, I, I had to cancel my Metal Gear Solid 5 order from, um, like four years ago because, uh, I, I stopped working very briefly. Um, and so didn't have any income coming in. So I was like, I can't be buying video games right now, even though I pre-ordered this four years ago. So launch day, um, launch day a package from amazon shows up and it's a copy of metal gear solid 5 with like a gift wrapped from amazon with like a little note that says like get a job you you uh like loser or something like that um and like three days later i got another job so um that was weird though i was like unemployed for like three weeks and i haven't been unemployed since i was like 14 uh really weird but i played a lot of video games and yet you had nothing to talk about on the show except destiny and amiibos that's what else am I going to talk about, man? That's my destiny's my life. <laughs> uh, so he said that uh, Stanky W said the end boss fight in the- <laughs> that's Stanley. I know it is uh, <laughs> the end boss fight in three. Finally sneaking up on him and blasting him with a shotgun. Uh, John F said mine is just an experience. My uncle and I didn't get to hang out super often, but he came over just when I had received Metal Gear Solid on PS one. He sat down and we played the entirety of the game together, taking turns and working through the challenges. It was awesome and took around 15 hours, if I recall. To this day, it's one of my favorite gaming memories. Uh, Nathan M said, fighting boss in Metal Gear Solid 3. The most fun I had in a final boss fight. Also, that triumphant moment of the student surpassing master and the sadness of having to pull the trigger. Uh, Megan, Dude, that game came out like a decade ago. The statute of limitations on spoilers has passed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so actually, the the big boss at the end that you that you kill is actually... Arkham Knight. <laughs> uh, Megan H said there are so many, but one of my favorite things to do in Metal Gear Solid 1 was sit and listen to the codec conversations for hours. I saved my game way more times than I had to just to see Mei, just to hear Mei Ling's cool proverbs and advice. Uh, Lauren G said Sniper Wolf, Tears Man, A River of Tears. 
Matthew B said the fight between Ocelot and Old Snake in Metal Gear Solid 4. Uh, Michael B said Psychomantis. And then Michael B left another comment uh, that said, although the first time you enter the hallway, seeing what Gray Fox had done to the soldiers with the blood strewn across the walls and the corpses lying on the ground. Oh, yeah. Then the part where he helps you at the end, but you have to shoot him. I found that part really sad. Yeah, that, that was that was and, a really good scene where like you walk in and the hallway is just covered in blood. It was. Like, yeah. You're just like, oh, fuck. And then he actually left another comment that said, actually, I'm just going to say the whole game. <laughs> and that's that's what I got. All right, on. Um, our mission objective for this week is it's the it was super was it the ninth right the twentieth anniversary of the PlayStation One. I believe it was actually today. Okay, so it's today. So it's, uh, the twentieth anniversary of the PlayStation One. So we're asking you of the launch in North America. It yeah. released in Japan late nineteen ninety four, but nineteen ninety five in uh, North America. That's it. Only matters North America. Come on. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite PS One memory? Um, I'm gonna let Derek go first so I can kind of collect my thoughts because I never had a PlayStation. Uh my my memory it's more my earliest ps1 memory than my f- favorite playstation memory um that was that you know the time i got a playstation it was uh it was actually christmas um and i was actually pretty lucky growing up because my dad my dad was a gamer so you know we had a super nintendo and a sega genesis and tons of games and uh it what you know it wasn't like when I, it wasn't like, like a lot of kids growing up would get a game at Christmas and their birthday and they wouldn't really get games at other times. Like my dad would always buy new games. I wouldn't always be able to play them because he would hog them. But, um, you know, there was never not a steady stream of games coming in, but you know, Christmas, I think it was Christmas. It must've been Christmas 95, maybe, maybe 96. Um, but, uh, Christmas morning, it, you know, we open up, we're opening up presents and, um, one of the presents is like from my mom or something. And, I unwrap it and it's like a PlayStation game. Um, and I was like, oh, we don't have a PlayStation. And I didn't clue in at all because I was like five or six. I was like, oh, this is I really wanted this game, but we don't have the system to play it on. I guess we'll have to bring it back. And then like and then I keep <laughs> opening other. Pre- I, keep opening- I think you told the story in the show once like they got you a controller. and You're like, well, you guys are dumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much like then it like then I opened like a memory card and then I opened a controller and I was like, what am I going to do with all this stuff? And then and then, and then, and then of the, you're so naive. Free hip hop. It, it's basically a precursor to free hip hop. <laughs> Uh, you guys are never going to let that one go. I don't think that was so funny. Just like just a guy in the street, like free hip hop. And I'm like, nah, and you're I, like, I don't even like hip hop. I just <laughs> wanted that guy to feel good. <laughs> and just like me and John were both like, no. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean guys? I'm just trying to help out, help out his career. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And so then the big, the big president ended up being a, a PlayStation, um, of course. And, uh, yeah, and so I had, the, you know, it was cool. Like, I had a couple games. I played a lot of, I think it was w, WWF Raw was, like, the, one of the early, like, PlayStation wrestling games, and it was so fun at the time. Um, I played a lot of that, and then, like, because I didn't get any other PS1 games for a while, so I played, like, that and Rayman. I had Rayman, which was a blast, and uh, I bought, like, I, I got, like, a PlayStation Underground demo disc, like, in the mail or something like that, and it had, like, so much cool stuff on it. it had like a Tomba two demo Terrible game. Um, it had, but the, the coolest ones it had it had, and the game in the game was not that great, but it had a demo for this game called Thrasher skate and destroy. Do you remember that game? Yes. Yes. It was like, and the demo was pretty small. Like you're just skating in this pool, but it felt like kind of realistic. And it had like, uh, like a run DMC song as the soundtrack. 
And I played that demo like hundreds of times because I was like a wannabe like skater at the time and I sucked at it. <laughs> and, uh, but the game was so much fun and you could like, I think there was like police or something too. Yeah. That would come after you. That, and that was really cool. And of course that was, bef- that was long before like Tony Hawk's pro skater came out, which was a series that I played, you know, one through four on, on the PS one and oh, absolutely yeah. fell in love with. Um, yeah, no, it was, that, that was a great console and a lot of great memories for that, from that console. Yeah, the, the PS4 is my first PlayStation I, I own. I had a PSP, but that doesn't count. Um, but um, my my favorite memory, all right, well, I have two. One of them is a PS2 memory, but the first one is just kind of like milk toast. But just playing one of those like, demo discs um, from Pizza Hut and playing the Metal Gear Solid demo uh, at my uncle's house on his PS1, and I was just like, holy shit, there's demos? Like, there's there's mini games on this disc, and you can get it for <laughs> free? Like, it blew my mind, because I was, I was a cartridge kid, and, you know, you never had yeah, demos. Yeah, for sure. But my, my favorite PlayStation moment was probably Final Fantasy X on the PS2. I was over at my friend's house, and I was like, hey, mind if I start this story? I, you know, st- start a game. He's like, yeah, no problem, we'll play it together. He, like, f- fell asleep, and I played it until I couldn't keep my eyes open. He wakes up and, like, turns the console on and check my my save state and he's like you got to the airship how fucking late did you stay up dude i was like i was (laughs) completely engrossed like just completely sucked in like and just absolutely loved it that's pretty awesome um so yeah uh that is our question Have have you played the like have you picked it up on ps4 yet to like replay the magic um i actually i got a ps2 emulator and was playing it on my pc um but i I, I was getting really impatient because I guess I was just so blown away that it was such a, a new game and it was blowing my mind. I wanted to see that story and keep going. But now that I, I was just getting impatient with everything and it felt slow. So I would like to like, I wish there was a skip cutscene button. Cause I was like, I have all this shit. Let me, <laughs> let me go through it. I don't, I don't care. I don't want to watch Titus, like sit on top of the mountain and just like laugh into yeah. the ocean. So I, it's definitely been on my radar. Um, it's definitely been on my radar, but that's question of the week. Get back to us. Let us know what your favorite PlayStation memories are. Um, um, and one new thing that we want to do in this, uh, at the end of the show is um, our favorite things around the site outside of the scope of games. Um, we have a review up. Jake 108 has a review for a game. I mean, it's, you know, kind of contradicting myself, but for a game called Blues and Bullets, it is a uh, kind of a choice driven um, uh detective game much in the vein of like um life is strange and um, like telltale titles yeah yeah i was- i freaking i read the, i read the review for this game and i was like i wish i didn't sell my xbox one because he kind of was like he's like you know it's like a telltale style game but with the true detective type feel and i was like holy crap i need yeah. to play this yep so that's that's my favorite thing around the site this week so go read the review check it out um and derek what's yours uh i think uh, the piece of news that i was really excited about from the other day um have you ever have you ever read the comic series preacher i have the first three trades have you read them yes okay yeah so preach preacher was one of the i think it was one of the first comic book series that i read through in its entirety um it was and i think i'm pretty sure i was like i don't know when it finished it's supposed to be quick we're supposed to like get people to read the article so okay quick, quick, uh, no exposition <laughs> The uh, this the it, it, they were working on a pilot for AMC. They ordered it to series. Look at the website. Yes, absolutely fabulous. So that was uh, level uh, forty five. Um, get back to us. Uh, leave a comment on SoundCloud. Follow us on SoundCloud. Give us a review on iTunes. You I almost fo- think so. This episode was called "Can Pokemon Save the World?" Yeah, I think it would. 
I think it should have been called like, will Shane talk about anything but destiny? Fuck off. Okay. <laughs> Fuck off. You're Fuck always off. like, we talk about Amiibos too much. We, we got to talk about less Amiibos. You can follow us on Twitter at Geekscape Games. You can follow me on Twitter at Shane O'Hare. I'm on PSN as SS Jaken. I'm on Steam as, as SS Jaken. Uh, I'm at D Cranavelt on uh, Twitter and uh, Captain K17 on PlayStation. And you know, forget the two other guys, you know, like they'll they'll be back. They'll be back. So uh, we'll see you guys back here next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.